This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome to ALDS Game 3 postgame. Christian Vasquez in the 14th inning walks it off. Red Sox take the lead in the ALDS over the Rays. Two to one. Joining me tonight to discuss this game and a quick preview for tomorrow, game four, Job Goddard, Charlie Smith. How are you guys? Job, I I I don't know how you're feeling, but I'm feeling pretty good. I immediately tweeted as soon as Matt Vaskersian said, There have been seven catchers that have walked it off in a playoff game moments later. It's eight. And Job, I think, had a take on that, too. I, I mean, I'm ranting at my TV the whole game. And I'm going pretty nuts, especially over the Pavetta strikeout there in the, in the top half of whatever inning it was, 13. But uh, at the end there, he's saying seven walk-off home runs. And I was like, eight, eight. Because if he doesn't end it here, I got to turn it off. My heart couldn't take any more of this. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm getting calls from, you know, my dad, a couple of uncles. Everybody's calling me trying to figure out what the hell the, the ground rule double is, right? And I'm like, no, it's a, it's a double. Like, don't worry about it. They're going to review it, but it's a double. Um, and my heart is still in my throat. So if I don't talk as much as I usually do, it's because I'm I'm still kind of panting a little bit. I, I don't want to blow it up too much about that because I think we're going to be talking about that tonight. But um, I do want to shout out Jason who did say when we were talking about who, who we thought was going to win, Jason – mentioned we would be winning two to one after game three and then terry told him but it's five games who's gonna win (laughs) so uh he did say that the red sox are gonna be up two games to one um you can find me at smith underscore mlb Job, what is your twitter handle i'm uh j-o-b mlb uh which is nice i'm not blowing up like you charlie you know you seem to be twitter (laughs) famous these days but um I kind of just retweet. So you can find me there if you want to send me job applications. I will read them. I'll send you back resume advice now at this point because it's getting kind of slow for me. <laughs> um, but you can find me at MLB on Twitter. Cushman MLB for me, all one word. And you can find the podcast account at Bastards underscore Boston. So I tweeted out, I forget what inning was what now. I, I even, that game was so long, I forgot Nathan Evaldi even started it. But when I forget 11th, 12th inning, maybe the 13th, I tweeted out. I'm like, every inning longer takes an extra year off my life. That's how stressed it was. Cause Nick Pavetta was pitching his, you know, what off. And one of the, probably the most heroic pitching performance since Nathan Avoldi in 2018. So I, I can't be any more thrilled for Pavetta. So let, let's start with that question. Who's the hero? Is it is it Pavetta or is it or is it Vasquez for getting it done and sending us into Game Four? 
All right, I'm going to go with Vasquez, and it's not just the home run. I think he called a fantastic game all night. He got a little bit of help from the umpires on the, on the, the uh, caught stealing of Manuel Margot because I think he was safe. He was safe. I'm gonna just be honest, he was, he was safe. He was safe. But he had one runner thrown out. You know they would have run if that was not Christian Vasquez. Randy Rosarino would have been gone. He would have been standing on second base with nobody out if that was Plowecki. Um, you probably have a couple of different hit and runs called if Plowecki's behind the plate. And I guarantee that the game doesn't finish 6-4. to four. It's probably you have to win that game 8-6 or 9-7 or if Vasquez doesn't call the game the way he calls it. On top of that, he took a foul ball off the wrist that was hit hard enough where the umpire came out and talked to Pavetta about it and then goes out and his next at-bat, he gets a hold of one and knocks one to the moon. I mean, can we just for a second – Remember that he hit 25 home runs last year. Like he's not a nothing player. He can hit, um, but it was crazy to me to see that he still had it after getting drilled on the wrist, uh, calling a game for 13 innings, all of that. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna simply put uh, that Joe, I, I hit, you know, hit the nail on the head. I think you have to give it to the guy that literally just put the uh, Fenway faithful on his back. I mean. The, the caught-stealing play, Ploiecki started the game. Vasquez ended up finishing it out. I wouldn't change a thing about this game. I'm so happy that some things played out the way they did. Dumb luck, smart luck, whatever you want to call it. It was a fantastic game. I don't care what happens in game four slash five. This is probably going to be my favorite playoff game of this year, just based on all the excitement that happened uh, going both ways. But, Terry, your take on it. Yeah, I'm still going to go with Nick Pavetta because who did you have? Who did you really have that was going to hold it? And he got into a couple of jams. Uh, one of them we'll get into with the semi-controversial uh, ground rule double there. But there was runners on second and third. He gets out of it. He was pitching around base runners. And I just thought that was an epic performance. Uh, if anybody else came into the game, that that could have been it. Vasquez, though, somebody had to be the hero, and I'm glad it was him. I'm glad it was him because it's been a long time since Vasquez has had such a a clutch offensive moment. You know, his second half wasn't that great, but I'm going to go with Nick Pavetta because the guy pitched his pumpkins off. You can't argue with it either way. Autumn is in the air. The pumpkins are in the patch. And our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the Leaders in Male Grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped? Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code Fansided 20. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Everyone knows pumpkin spice lattes and ball ball deodorant go hand in hand. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Fansided20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code Fansided20 at Manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. All right, so 
I also tweeted out on the Bastards account that, and this was, I think, in the 14th inning as the Red Sox were coming up to bat. I said, the baseball gods have done everything possible they could do to help the Red Sox win. They've done everything to help him because you had the Manuel Margot call, which we just talked about. He was probably safe, and the Red Sox had the benefit of the initial out call and then it probably being somewhat inconclusive, so they had to stay with the call. But it looked to me like he did get his foot back on before, I think it was Bogarts uh, was able to reapply the tag. So there was that. And then the Red Sox dodged a really lucky bullet with that ground rule double because... I think the first base runner would have scored. I think that was Randy Rosarena, and I think he would have scored had that ball not go over the fence because there were two outs and he was running. He was already running, and I think I think the umpires putting him on third base gave the Red Sox a lucky break. So luck had nothing to do with it, and I, I, I'll totally take that, but the rule stipulates... The rule stipulates that if a ball bounces into play and then bounces out regardless on if it's a player unintentionally or an object deflects off of said object or player. Again, the, the important word in this is unintentionally. It was not deliberately thrown out of bounds. It is a two-base play. Everybody advances to first to third, second home, third home. The runner that – or sorry, the hitter advances to second base – I'd love to say this was dumb luck, but it's actually a rule. And those that don't like it, well, too bad. Because this one went the way of the Red Sox, but it wasn't that the Red Sox benefited from a call. The Red Sox benefited from a rule. Job, go. Wait, hang Not on a second. From- hang on a second. I, I will stand corrected on the actual rule, but but there was an element of luck in that it went over the fence. Because if it stays on the field, the run scores. Yes, absolutely, it does score, and and you might actually end up with a runner on third, but there's no umpire discretion there. If anyone was watching the MLB Network call with Discursion, you know, they're talking about, well, can they send him home? Like, what are they doing? Are they talking about umpire discretion? There is no discretion on that rule um, in the rule book that's been tweeted out by a couple people from the Boston Globe for clarity in case anyone has any questions about that. You know, feel free to read the rule book yourself. But um, you catch a break there. Then, if you want to move forward just a little bit as far as whether or not that's just luck, if that ball drops, the game is over. That's how I look at it. I mean, you got lucky, but the other person who got lucky is Alex Cora. Like, not just did the team get lucky. If he managed that game to win tonight, and if we didn't win, Alex Cora probably lost us the series by the way that he pitched the bullpen tonight. As, as crazy as that was, uh, so Terry, I, I'll say yes to your last point. Um, I will say this. Um, even if we did allow the one run, maybe things get a little hairy. Vasquez still hits the two-run homer and wins the game. Worst case scenario, two-run score, we're still tied. So as crazy as this was, this had all the makings of like an epic performance. Uh, Nick Pavetta coming in and doing his job at the end. Uh, super special. Last time I saw that, Nate Evaldi, who started. So this is a fun one all the way around. And you make a good point. If if we lose this game, 
it's so hard to to roadmap your way through games four and five to win the series because Pavetta, I don't think maybe he pitches an inning or two on Wednesday at, at the earliest. He he went. I, I didn't see what his pitch count was, but it was probably north of eighty. And 55 uh th- the last time i looked at it and that was the 12th inning okay so probably closer to 70 yeah 70 in the 70 to 80 range then probably um but so you need this win because if tomorrow ends up being a dud at least some people are semi-rested for that fifth game but let's look at tomorrow real quick we know rodriguez is going to be the starter I mentioned on the last show, maybe the open air of Fenway and not pitching in a dome on a weird mound, apparently, um, will we'll do him a, a little bit better. He does typically seem to bounce back from a, a bad start to a good start. So hopefully we get some innings there and some length. You, you could possibly have Tanner Houck for a couple of innings. I'd be really nervous even pitching Chris Sale out of the bullpen against this Tampa team, but maybe, <laughs> yeah, Charlie and Job say, no, no, no. But maybe for an inning if you're desperate. So Alex Cora has has a lot to, to think about tonight as far as how he envisions tomorrow. But this team is so different. Like every game is its own mountain to climb. It's not like 2018 where you walk into it and you're like, good chance we win tonight. It's just uh, it's just been a very dramatic, stressful series, and I, I'm just glad we're winning, at least for now. <laughs> Two things. One, the pitch count, I looked it up, is 67 pitches. Really? So he's oh. probably unavailable for, for at least a couple of days. Um, not as high as I thought it would be. Uh, but the other thing, this – rotation this pitching staff is probably the worst red sox postseason rotations you know and and even pitching staff that we've had in a long time i mean 18 13 those were great pitching staffs and then if you look at if you go back a little further 07 beckett Schilling at the front end on the back end you've got some you've got some great pitchers as well and then 04, we all know about that. I mean, that's Pedro, Schilling, Lowe. Um, we just don't have that caliber of pitcher on this team. And somehow Cora's making it work. He's managed in the postseason so far to make the sum of the parts better than the individual. And I don't know if another manager in baseball can really do that the way that he's done it, except maybe Dave Roberts. I'm going to say this. When I think of a manager that can make the most out of nothing, I actually think of the manager who we're facing, and that's Kevin Cash. He has the ability to make players that are either not that good turn into stars or absolute no-name players turn into above-average players. Uh, Brandon Lau, for example, was not a mashing guy. I think I said this on one of the last shows. He had 37 career home runs coming into the season. He had 39 this year alone. No one saw that coming from Brandon Lau. That's what Kevin Cash is going to do for you. He just gets it. And credit Cora for doing great work. But I think above all else, you have to give credit to Christian Vasquez. Huge caught stealing right there. Uh, Huge two-run home run. And Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta put the team on his back too. I mean, Christian Vasquez, credit one pitch, sealed the deal and won the game. 
do we think that every other reliever that we had could have done that? No reliever could have done that. Whitlock couldn't have gone four innings. The only options you had were him, Richards, who's out, and uh, Martin Perez, who I don't trust for four innings. I don't trust for two innings. So if Pavetta doesn't do what he does, we're also probably down to one or still playing. Well, if you think about it, Charlie, you and I were the biggest Garrett Richards detractors in all of Boston, the greater area, just the fandom, like the whole world. You and I hate him more than anyone else. This game had me thinking, oh, God, I really wish Richards was healthy. Like, I really wish he was on the roster. And that's how you know that we went really deep down there. Like We went to the bottom of the barrel, and Perez was warming. Like I thought Perez was going to be the only guy left in the pen, uh, and we might have to pull a 2000 and, you know, 2004 and start throwing tomorrow's starter the day after. Start just, you know, this could have come down to basically leaving a guy out there, and uh, it could have been an offensive explosion there at the end because the Rays had nobody left in the pen either. Patino was their last guy as well. I feel like Alex Cora's management of the bullpen has been a lot better. I had a lot of problems with it in the Washington National Series, and it sucks that Robles apparently got sick, as in was throwing up, trying not to sound too gross for the audience, but he got sick after he came out of the game, so I think that's automatically going to be a no-go for him tomorrow. I haven't liked Adam Ottavino versus divisional opponents, and Cora has basically stayed away from using him. So it might get to the point where he'll have to come in and, and work an inning, but hopefully not. Ryan Brazier has been absolute nails. This is the best-case scenario we could have hoped for with Brazier, who had multiple setbacks all year long. Because it, it, we weren't we weren't even sure he was going to come back this year, and then once it was looking like he was, we're like, is he even going to pitch effectively? I mean, he did get optioned once after he came back, and then when I think it was when no, actually when Riches got sick, Barnes was up. So I forget what caused the move for Brazier to come up, but he's he's been lights out ever since he has. So we we've found some some weapons here that have worked out very well and I haven't uh, had any problems with that. Let me bring up one more thing. I did have one problem with tonight's game. I didn't like Bobby Dahlbeck coming in to pinch run for Schwarber because we didn't, we didn't have the lead and he's not going to steal a base anyway. So why are we, why are we wasting Schwarber for Dahlbeck? And Dahlbeck was hot garbage at the plate like he has been for his last 30 at-bats. He he was he was like 1 for 21 or something a couple days ago, and he still hasn't gotten a hit since then. Go ahead. So, so I could see Charlie going nuts. So I just want to add this, this real tidbit right here. I think they wanted Bobby in defensively. But when he came up against the right-handed, hit, uh, the right-handed pitcher, knowing his numbers – I was looking for Travis Shaw. I was like, where's Travis Shaw? Like, he's a better defender anyway, and he should be up in this situation. Not not that that's make or break, but that was my big issue. I don't have an issue with pinch running for Schwarber there because who knows if he was going to get another at-bat. But I have an issue with then when Bobby comes back up, you have a runner on first, 
and, and one out, how do you let him face a right-handed reliever? Well, the the only reason to to pinch run Schwarber is if you're going to steal the bag. That's the only reason for him to come exactly. out of the game. So I just I didn't get it. And and I will agree that Dahlbeck probably is a little bit better defensively than Schwarber, even though Dahlbeck ranks among the worst in the league. But I just would have I would have kept Schwarber in that game unless we're going to steal the bag or unless we had a lead and we didn't have either at that point. So Charlie, go ahead. Finally. Oh, hey. So uh, <laughs> I wanted to say something about Bobby Dahlbeck. I, I, I just think and, and Joe. I respect the take because I think it's outside the box thinking. And I always like when someone does that. Bobby Dalpik has won for his last 24. His only hit was a home run that was back in Washington uh, against Washington in Washington. It goes far back. He's two for his last 30. His only two hits, a home run against New York and a home run against Washington. So far in the playoffs, he's 0 for 9. Three strikeouts. Was not going to be a difference maker. And truth be told, who would I trust with a bat in their hand? Kyle Schwarber or Bobby Dahlbeck? Dahlbeck struck out today, so now he's 0 for 10 with another strikeout. Kyle Schwarber is a brick wall. Just ask Randy Rosarena, uh, and that was complete I- indirect. You know, that was just unfortunate. We got lucky on that one. That I will say we got lucky on because that could have been interference. But Kyle Schwarber is someone that I trust at the dish. Proper plate discipline. The defense might not be crazy. But even if the defense isn't great, I still think he's the type of guy that can make up for a lapse in defense with his bat. Bobby Dahlbeck, not so much. He's lully. He has these lulls where he's really good, and he has these lulls where he's just very bad. And he just forgets, I think, to just buckle down and take an extra beat. And I wanted Bobby Dahlbeck nowhere in this game. Nowhere. And it's tough when you only have a couple catchers, too, because I sat there, you know, Ploiecki's out. Vasquez is in. We don't really have another catcher. Who's our emergency catcher if those two go down? Wong. I don't think Connor Wong is. Oh, you have Schwarber too. Yeah, and you got Arroyo. I Wong isn't on the active roster though, is he? I, I don't think so. But Schwarber got taken out. Oh, true. But, but so, see, w- w- yeah. so what you, happens? You would have had an... just Ploiecki. Right? Ploiecki was out. Ploiecki yeah. got taken out because he came in, yeah. and then Vasquez covered for him. So it's Schwarber Arroyo. Got... That's. That's not enough. You have got to be smarter when it comes to it's a Royo. Um, uh, it's a Royo, which means yeah. you're going to get like an inning and a half before torn cuticle settles in or like whatever excuse injures him this time. So there were a lot of just really good luck moments because it could have gotten bad if we didn't have a catcher. It could have gotten bad. Yeah, that that ball, it was off his uh, the inside of his forearm. His which, right wrist. Yeah. Yeah, so that that definitely could have uh, been pretty catastrophic. Let's see. I know I'm another guy we need to see step up. He drew a couple of walks tonight, and he had at least one hit, I think. But Hunter Renfro has been pretty cold this series for a guy who's hitting close to the heart of the order. So if he can get cranking and start driving some balls and – some extra base hits. I, I think the the lineup is a lot better balanced. You had Bogarts tonight was like one for six. So was JD. You need some of these other guys to start stepping up. And Vasquez finally did with the walk off. But Renfro had been so clutch. I just kind of envisioned him having bigger moments in the month of October. 
I think the one team that really knows how to handle Renfro is the Tampa Bay Rays. So I, I don't get too concerned. I thought he needed a couple of times to just put the ball in play. And he looked like he was doing too much. And that's where he gets in trouble. But I don't have a problem with him hitting in the lineup where he's hitting. Because what are your alternatives? Like you move everybody else up one. Then you mess up Cora's favorite thing to do, which is righty, lefty, righty, lefty. And uh, I just don't know that I want more weight on J.D. Martinez right now. Because to me, J.D. Martinez shouldn't have been put in a position to, to, to even play tonight if it was for the fact that we were healthy. If, if he was unhealthy and, and Rafi Devers was healthy, I, I would love to have Rafi Devers hitting at, at D.H., in this in this next game because he's hurt, but we need JD Martinez's bat. We need Hunter Renfro's bat. We can't afford to give Renfro a day off, or else we would. I don't think there's a, a necessity to give Hunter Renfro a day off. He, um, when you look back at the numbers, he had uh, 18 RBIs against Tampa Bay during the regular season. Obviously, he's going to see them quite a bit during the regular year before playoffs come into play. He faced the Tampa Bay Rays and did the most damage against them in relation to all of the other teams when you stack them up from one to however many teams he faced this year. He did a fantastic job of doing his doing his due diligence. Two for four on the day with a couple of walks is not a bad day. He scored a run, you know, did not commit an error. I have I can't say anything bad about Hunter Renfro on top of the fact that defensively, even with that luck that happened earlier this evening, uh, he's still someone you need to have in the lineup. You can't take him out. You just can't. And there are certain players that you need to have in there, even if they're not 100%, because they're spark plugs, they're needed, and they cause havoc for other teams. If this team didn't have, if the Red Sox didn't have Devers or J.D. Martinez, who are both hurt, by the way, were both injured, while today they went two for 12, a couple of strikeouts and a run batted in, would you rather have Bobby Dahlbeck in there and go 0 for 6 with four strikeouts? Would you rather have Travis Shaw in there who goes 0 for 6 with four strikeouts? No, you need to have these. You need to have the guys that have helped get you there, there. I don't care. Like, this See, is I why... disagree with you. I, I think, Terry, you're going to have a different opinion than, than I do, but I think Devers is so hurt. And it's so clear when he swings the bat with Torque that he can't help you right now. If you want to play him at DH because you need his bat, that's one thing. But to have him both fielding and hitting just doesn't make sense to me right now. And I honestly think in this game, he would have been more impactful sitting on the bench with Bobby Dahlbeck playing third, Schwarber at first, and then in a big moment put in Rafi Devers than to have him stand up there and swing six times because that can't possibly help his elbow. Here's Okay, here's the thing, Job, and I'm going to say that. And, Terry, I know you're going to say something real quick too. If Devers doesn't play and Dahlbeck bats in there too, the lineup switches a little bit too. I think Kike Hernandez, because of what he did the prior game, ends up being someone that you don't even pitch to unless you have to because he's destroying you. He's making you look pedestrian at best. Um so this is where we need you. If you bench him for game four, you lose game four. You have him subpar game five. What was the point of even having him play game four? 
So, Terry, I know you're going to say something. Go ahead. Well, real quick on Devers. I mean, he did hit a home run last night after a couple of earlier at-bats not looking great. So he kind of came around and found it. I'm not really giving up on him. And to get back to my Renfro point, I'm not suggesting move him or do anything different with him. I'm just simply saying he has to step up. He absolutely has to because there are no other alternatives. Bobby Dahlbeck to me is not an alternative. Maybe if a lefty is on the mound, but even then I just – remember when Will Middlebrooks lost his job in the playoffs? That's where Bobby Dahlbeck is at right now. We're not quite as far along because Middlebrooks didn't lose it to the World Series, but – But just some of these guys have to step up, especially because of J.D. and Devers. I mean, we've got another we've got another game tomorrow before the next off day. Maybe this is sounds like a fantasy at this point, but maybe you have a big enough lead late to where you can pull one of those guys out or or whatever. But J.D.'s definitely still hurt because he had that pop up and. I was mad because he wasn't hustling to first, but I'm like, oh, well, he's hurt. Okay, you know, that's why. So so hopefully hopefully we're firing on all cylinders tomorrow. But Kike continues. He had a home run tonight, makes a strong case for MVP, and hopefully Bogarts has a big game tomorrow. I've got one more gripe uh, about this game, and I wonder if both of you caught this. And I want to say the eighth inning. Uh, Alex Verdugo struck out with a man on first base and the ball went all the way to the backstop and he didn't run to first at all. He didn't even try. And that had me like really upset. He's fast enough to get to first on that play. Like that should be first and second with one out. And instead it's guy on second with two down and it comes to nothing. I did not see that. I uh, I actually got home in the eighth inning when Robles was on the mound, so I, mi- I might have just missed it. I-, I had been listening to the game in the car. I had like a two-and-a-half-hour uh, car ride. So, um, But, you know, base running's been an issue, and hopefully it's not going to be going forward because every run matters. Every run matters. If we were up one more run – Maybe we don't go 14. Maybe we end it in the ninth. And I know Robles gave up a couple, and it, it's hard to really roast him because he's been so good for his last, I think it was 11 straight outings without having given up a run. So, yeah. I, I Charlie, think... did you catch that? Go ahead. That Verdugo strikeout? I, I also somehow missed that too. I'm trying to go back and remember when it was that I ended up packing a couple things, making some food and whatnot, because when I'm making food, I'm, I'm not <laughs> necessarily getting distracted. <laughs> I, I think I missed this too because there were a lot of plays that um, I didn't miss that others may have, and a lot of people were asking for video footage of some of the later moments. Um, I, I, I think I was actually making food when this happened because I don't recall this at bat at all. Muted, pal. Uh, sorry, Xander Bogarts is on first. Verdugo struck out. The ball went to the backstop, and I actually thought he must have fouled it off because he didn't run at all. And um, I actually got a couple of calls from different people in my family, like, "Why didn't he run? Was he out? Like, what did they change the rules for the postseason?" I, I just was very upset with the lack of hustle from Verdugo tonight. And then on top of that, I don't think he played very well in the field either. His positioning was off. Um, he would be if I had to pick a dud for this game. It's Alex Verdugo. And he's been so good, um, you know, 
for much of the series. So hopefully they're on it tomorrow. We've got yellow uniforms tomorrow. Those garbage. Is that confirmed? I think so. I'm pretty sure. I can't believe they're going to change out of the uniforms they wore tonight. I would wear that to bed, wake up tomorrow, and play in it. <laughs> I'm done with the yellow. I Every time I think we're done with it, here they come. And, uh, yeah. So, all right, let's get into tomorrow's game. We know Nick Pavetta will not be the starter, obviously. Tentatively, he was going to be, but extra innings uh, changed those plans. So, Eduardo Rodriguez... Tomorrow night, how many innings does Rodriguez go? Four. I'll take that. Or three and two-thirds. He doesn't get into the fifth inning. Perfect. Best case scenario, three innings. And that's with a blessing from the Lord himself. I I don't think he's going to get more than three. And the reason for that being is we saw your second best pitcher last an inning and gave up a grand slam before the first inning was over. And I love me Chris Sale. I love me some Chris Sale every day that ends in Y. I, I don't know. I, I think three innings would be a blessing. And here's the thing, too. If we need to do a do-over, we can hit restart and do it again. So I'm not too scared about this. You'd be pitching Avaldi on incredibly short rest for game five if we have to go that route. He may not start, but he might come in for two innings. Um... Three innings would be a blessing. That's 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 my take on it. Well, now looking at the other game, and it's it's a little early to to say that it's decisive because it's not. Um, but if Houston finishes it off, we would be facing them two days from now or two days from tomorrow. So everyone would be on short rest for that game as well. So we are huge Chicago White Sox fans this evening. Uh, we'll be huge Chicago White Sox fans for a potential game four because no matter what happens tomorrow, we're going to be a tired, tired bullpen. Actually, uh, ALCS game one is Friday, so that would be two days after Wednesday, which is game five. So a little, little bit of a buffer there, actually. Um, I would like – I mean, a perfect scenario to me is Rodriguez just turns it up, goes five innings, gives you a good shot, one or two run ball. I know it sounds crazy, but he's bounced back during times this year where I didn't think he would and against lineups that I didn't think he would. So hopefully we see it. The big question is who's Tampa starting tomorrow? It would be one day earlier. It would be one day early for McClanahan. So, and they're showing TBD now. So here's the thing for Tampa though. Right now they're in must win mode. Red Sox don't have as much pressure. They need to win. And both of the starters who were supposed to go tomorrow are out because they <laughs> both pitched tonight. So it's going to be a little bit of a, um, okay, cool. But you know what's exciting about this is I'm not even concerned. I know that each manager is going to make the best decision for their team. Kevin Cash is an impeccable manager. He's great at what he does. Alex Cora is back in Boston regardless of how some people feel about him, because he's great at what he does, and he will figure it out, as will Kevin Cash. It's going to be a great game. Okay, well, any uh, any final thoughts before we wrap? Just that I, I really would love to finish it off tomorrow. I don't think my heart can take a uh, game five. 
For anyone wondering, that was a ground rule double. Just in case there's some fun listeners that's like, nah, it's I'm not. I'm seeing the tweets right now. So I, I was just trying to see if there was any Tampa news in here. I'd love to know who their starter is, but I don't think we're going to know until tomorrow. It could just be a bullpen game even. so. I don't think they know Yeah, until right. tomorrow. Not, not that it matters because it will be a bullpen game either way. Yeah. Um, they don't have somebody who can go super deep. They're not built that way. 55% of their innings this season were by the bullpen. And they still had the best bullpen ERA in the bigs. Uh, it doesn't happen often. But uh, either way, we're going to see four or five different pitchers tomorrow night, even if it's only a nine-inning game. Uh, cross your fingers for that. And uh, it's not going to matter who the starter is because no one's going to get more than four innings. Erod's going five, though. Calling it. Calling it. And uh, and then if Hout goes four, Perfect. That's uh that's game set series. So we will be back tomorrow night, Monday night, to record what did happen in that game. Hopefully it is a celebratory podcast and not an anxiety ridden one. Because if we don't get McClanahan tomorrow, we're getting him game five and he's uh he's done a number on us this season. So take care everyone. Have a good start to your work week.